0: there's also documented evidence that TikTok's largest competitor in the United States was buying out media trying to label TikTok as a Chinese influence op. And to me, this is really just starting to smell less so of a genuine concern for American national security interests and more of an attempt for american tech companies to increase their market share in the united states and limit the presence of a competitor that to be honest has like totally fucked up their their user base just like in the physical world we have given the
1: government power to do certain things we have a police force we have taxation we have all these things that make society functional now we need so we need some regulations to make online society functional. Yeah. And online society is akin to social. What, ha- what happens in social media.
0: Welcome back to Radius of Reason. This is episode 21. Uh, it's been a little bit. We had a bit of a hiatus. Uh, things in our personal lives are moving around. Haha, <laughs> moving around. Um, it's good to be back. Hope everybody's doing well we've had a significant bump in listeners so to all new subscribers welcome we're glad you're here please leave us abusive comments as you normally do yes continue so i mean on the topic of abusive comments i i think we've had a lot of laughs uh as we watched our videos uh take off on youtube shorts um And I think it is a self-inflicted punishment to a certain extent. (laughs) We, uh, we've been relying on on YouTube shorts to boost uh, exposure. And we've had a lot of, I think subscribers come through to our channel because through YouTube shorts, we get thousands of views on those clips as opposed to a couple hundred max on on our Mm -hmm. actual videos. So it's necessary, but I think that it really reflects uh, where, Content is really heading, and it's bite sized short clips, which really is a consequence of the influence of TikTok onto most bite dances, bite ah, which oh. is crazy, right? Bite dance, bite dance.
1: Well, the, the name of the company is Bite Dance, yeah, and it's little bites of people
0: dancing. It's, in it's their- not crazy, it's probably by design. Oh. Um, so I mean, TikTok has really changed the game for social media and and for media in general. And we wanted to focus our episode today on discussing TikTok, especially because it's been in the news in the past month. Um, Really the continuation of the United States Congress hearings on if TikTok is or is not in fact a Chinese plan to destroy the fabric of American society. It is definitely
1: maybe potentially potentially not or is a plan by the chinese government
0: regardless of the chinese government or not tiktok has clearly played an influence on how we consume media it's played an influence on our politics it's played an influence on our culture so this is actually I think a very pressing topic to It's discuss.
1: yeah no it's it's interesting how It has poisoned social media Poisoned when it was Already a poison right it's like extra <laughs> Somehow it like find a way It found a way to make it worse right It made like, poison more toxic Endlessly scrolling shitty photos Wasn't bad enough You know they've now added These uh, clips Of
0: people so dancing so. Before we trash talk TikTok Mm-hmm. I think we should probably talk about some maybe of the positives that TikTok has brought about. Can you think of any? (laughs) We should have have started the
1: podcast with this question. Can you think of any positives that TikTok has brought upon society?
0: The answer is no. The answer is yes, because I think all things have positive sides to it. Let's start with Gently. Positives to TikTok, first of all. Uh, The ability for... The discovery of new music, for instance. After TikTok acquired a music sharing platform, the incorporation of uh soundtracks to a lot of the dances that people do actually has made it a lot easier to discover artists for people. We'll call that a positive. Okay. Second, I aesthetics. Think it's a stretch, but... I think TikTok aesthetics are actually <laughs> like one of the coolest things that uh has come out of it. So things like dark academia, right? When when TikTok users film videos with certain stylistic approaches or clothes that they wear or moods or backdrops. I think it's really pushed forward, like cultural aesthetics and the ability to, um, kind of think about your environment in a different way, which is awesome. I think, uh,
1: I, I, I think sure. I I mean, I grant you those things, but I think in context, those positives are so overshadowed by the
0: negatives that they're not really even worth mentioning probably not so really quick maybe we should set the stage uh, a little bit of background uh, for all of you probably are are very familiar with tiktok uh but chinese uh it, it's a it's a product of a chinese tech company as Livon quipped very well uh bite it was released in 2016. TikTok is actually the export export brand of the app, um, which is known as Douyin in, in China. Um, what I think is really important that's going to guide our conversation is the fact that TikTok is one of the most popular social media platforms in the world. At the time of recording, I think it ranked at about seven with about 1.5 billion users. Almost 2 billion users are anticipated to be using it by... The end of the year, and one billion active users,
1: active. which I think places in a in a much higher as opposed to maybe like
0: yeah. Facebook, which has you know accounts that people mm-hmm. don't sign into. Exactly. Okay, yeah,
1: and because seven doesn't sound representative of
0: how popular it really yeah, is. Yeah, and uh, I think a big element of TikTok is really the generational divide where about 75% of uh, active users are under the age of 35. Mm-hmm. So th- yep. this, I think, unlike your grandma's shit posting on Facebook, does have a real um, generational difference where a lot of the discussions we're going to have around the political response of TikTok is almost translating into a divide between generations to a certain extent as Gen Z faces down the brutal punishments of the <sighs> fucking baby boomers. Exactly. No, no. But
1: I think I, think I just want to like... St- elaborate on that point you know when you're influencing children and young teenagers whatever I mean this, this has an inertia that carries over to the rest of society over time in a way that influencing older people or middle aged people simply doesn't right. right so this is the most impactful social media platform That is currently out there, in my opinion. Um, So, yeah. yeah, I I think it does deserve extra scrutiny, uh, quite frankly. Um,
0: But, go ahead. So, to the fun stuff. Yvonne, is TikTok bad for our society? Before I answer that question,
1: I'm going to turn to the viewers and request that you hit the subscribe button.
0: Smash that subscribe button. And then hit the like button. Hit that like button.
1: And then... Post the dumbest thing that you can think of. Yes. Which happens to be the first thing that comes to your mind. It really sounds like it, yeah. So please go ahead and do that. We appreciate the support and the help. But now to answer this amazing question. Amazingly thought out question. The detriment that TikTok has brought upon society. And I think the shortening of attention spans uh is the most blatant thing. But in general, um, we are creating a culture of outrage. <laughs> we are creating a culture of we are, we are creating a culture that lacks utter nuance in basically every domain. Uh, and it's really an amplification of existing problems that social media, other social media platforms mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have brought upon us. But TikTok is the most egregious example because of how effective their algorithms are. Um, I I think um, you know there's a stat that we saw uh, that that we were discussing before uh, the podcast. But a CDC report came out which showed that one in three teenage girls reported. Thinking about suicide, seriously considering. Seriously suicide. considering. Yeah. Sorry, yes, yeah, seriously considering suicide. And I remember looking at the chart on this study, and it and this increase seemed to coincide with the release of TikTok. Right in 2017. Now again, when, when correlation it, when it, when isn't causation, mm-hmm. and there are obviously other factors, as as we know, the, the pandemic. Right. Uh, but I mean, in general, you know, there's the work of uh, Johnson Hate who is uh who is a um I think he was a Yale professor and no longer works at Yale but cuz he's too woke <laughs> but uh too even weird. even for the liberal professor it was too <laughs> too woke <laughs> but he's he's shown conclusively that there is a staggering um I I I think he's a was close to demonstrating a causation Mm -hmm. uh, between social media use and teenage depression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of widely established, I think at this point. Um, And yeah, I mean, uh, apart from political destabilization and these massively problematic uh, effects on our already difficult uh, political system, I mean, you just have to say, like, think of the children, you know, think like, of, think of your own children if you're right. having children.
0: Um, well, and, and I think that th- this warrants a little bit of, of kind of thought on it as well. Right. I think it was very important to call it the pandemic as something that influenced uh, depression all around. But I think TikTok also experienced a huge kick in popularity in the United States during the pandemic when we were in lockdown. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people turned to their phones for just distraction from the sheer chaos that was happening outside their homes. And TikTok's user base in the United States really did start exploding exponentially mm-hmm. during during uh, the 2020 round of the pandemic. I think that also plays into effect uh, w- with how young people, again, th- this majority base of TikTok users were communicating with one another, right? Um, in the past, our generation, uh, we... Probably relied on things like MySpace and and towards the latter years of our high school experience, Facebook to, to mm-hmm. engage with one another online. But TikTok kind of offers up an entirely new medium, and I think the fact that this communication is very much interspliced in in, in very quick uh, video chunks, again looped into its algorithm model that allows for almost endless scrolling, endless scrolling, has attached your social engagement to a a very short kick of dopamine to a certain extent. And in addition to that, because TikTok has captured some of the other problems around social media that we've discussed, the materialism, the uh, the the kind of the physicality of things, um, it, it's kind of constantly throwing into your face over and over again the the same um sort of circuit exploding materials at a much rapid rate than let's say maybe Instagram was doing in the past. Mm-hmm. And Whereas I think all social media uh, platforms have their respective problems. I think the nature by which TikTok has exploded in popularity has forced all other social media platforms to embrace some of TikTok's mm-hmm. approaches to sharing media. Again, going back to the fact that we use YouTube shorts to uh, to promote our show. And I mean, think
1: about YouTube shorts. It's a disgusting kind of feature <laughs> that's been added. It has, yeah. And it, it's taking away views from longer form content. Longer form content, right? yeah. Um it's but but again like due to the capitalistic system that we live under um if youtube doesn't follow suit if instagram reels didn't follow suit they will be out of business it's really that
0: simple right exactly um so yeah as you were saying and i think that it's interesting how how tiktok has almost had a direct impact on our physical world too right there was Um, An article I was reading uh, while getting ready for this episode was talking about how TikTok has really led to the exponential rise of or continuation of the influence of fast fashion, for instance, Uh, brands like Shein, where because when people film TikTok videos, they have a growing pressure never to appear in the same clothes, right? It's kind of the same thing as like when you'd go to school and you didn't want to dress the same way else people would make fun of you. People constantly need to have different cycles of outfits and things to wear if they're making a lot of videos. And then they turn to fast fashion to fill that gap, for instance, which in turn leads to far more emissions as people are ordering shit from China. Um, And also as people Mm -hmm. are throwing their
1: stuff away. Blaming TikTok for climate change? Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I
0: I think there are very real problems that TikTok has, but it does seem like, especially with these congressional hearings that were going on last month, TikTok is being blamed for almost everything, everything, where everything is coming down to, oh my gosh, this is TikTok's responsibility.
1: Well, I also just want to mention real quick, their grilling of the CEO was really embarrassing. Yes. Um I mean trying to ask like really pathetic leading questions and gotcha questions and having a complete ignorance of technology. It just it just makes
0: them look better, you know. It's it, Well, I think to that end it was like one of the uh one of the funniest interactions. I think Dan uh, Crenshaw uh he's he's a Republican it, congressman um from Texas. He was Alluding to the fact that the CEO of TikTok was Chinese, and that he had to stop the the hearing, like actually, um, he's from Taiwan. Uh, no, he's, or, he's Singapore. Oh, Singapore. <laughs> he's yeah, from yeah, Singapore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from Singapore. Yeah. Um, so it's stuff like that, and and his wife is from Taiwan, I think. It, it, it's yeah. just <laughs> but, right, and, and this is where I think a very interesting batshit crazy knee-jerk reaction is emerging is in this in this fear that tiktok is in fact a chinese influence op on the minds of american youth and we might have some disagreement here to me that line of thinking is up there with uh the water is turning frogs gay i think it's the exact same mindset that produces these
1: define when you say chinese op I want you to like define what you mean, okay, because so it may I, or may not disagree.
0: Yes, I think that Chinese op, as it's been uh, accused, a- a- as let's say the political base in the United States, and what's very interesting is this: is a bi- this is a bipartisan smear that that is happening. Um, the United States, on a political basis, is accusing TikTok of, I think, two things. The first is data collection, which. I, I think we have a pretty good understanding of the fact that social media companies suck in a lot of data from their users in order to heighten and improve experiences. Right. The difference being is that for a period of time, uh, and this is the Forbes published an article on this during the Trump administration, that all the data that TikTok was sucking in from its users on mm-hmm. its app, keystrokes, location data, um, viewing habits, etc. That was all being fed into a repository that Chinese programmers could then access. The fear being is that because of the pervasive nature of the Chinese state, uh, that the allegation was that the Chinese government essentially has access to the data of American users. Now, under the Trump administration, TikTok tried to mitigate some of the stuff by moving its data servers to the United States so that the data of U.S. users does not leave the US. The data belongs to an American Oracle. They, they have a contract with Oracle. Oracle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I think this is a band-aid solution and I suspect that if the Chinese government wanted to access data on American users, they they could.
1: I mean, they've hacked the military.
0: Right? I, mean, yeah, so, yeah. So, I <laughs> yes. mean if if they really wanted to get the data, they could. Yes. Yeah. Uh and, and I don't know if this has anything to do with TikTok being a Chinese company versus just how espionage works, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first accusation. Is is maybe this is more of like the Let's call it the pragmatic one. The second one is that, in fact, the Chinese government is forcibly feeding a lot of these uh, trends into TikTok to then make our youth stupid. Um, and we we had a, a bit of back and forth over another podcast uh, that covered this topic. Um, your Undivided Attention mm-hmm. with, with the, the guy who did uh, The uh, Social Dilemma. The Social Dilemma. And they referenced the fact that... There was a a, a, sur- a survey done in the United States and in China, and uh, it was asking youth, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" in the United States, the answer was, "I want to be a social media influencer." And in China, it was, "Oh, I want to be a um, an astronaut." And this was used as like the point that, oh, "Okay, yeah, uh, China is purposely making our youth stupid so it can outcompete us in like the sciences or, or militarily even." So. Yeah. So the framing of like China, like forcing
1: these trends, I disagree with that framing. I, I think they don't have to do anything. No. They just have to amplify existing preferences and cultural trends, right. quite frankly. right. Um, regardless of what that podcast said, um, when it comes to... What happens in China and the regulation that they place on TikTok to promote more educational content and content that's going to be more productive for their economy? I mean, I, I think it's, it's a valid discussion to have. Um, if we if we don't do anything to these algorithms, they're going to promote certain kinds of content. So by not acting or regulating in any way, you are still making a choice to promote certain kinds of content, right? You're promoting content that hijacks the limbic system, which we know is bad. It's pretty widely agreed upon that it's not a good idea. Sure. So then the question is, well, okay, if we don't want that, then how should we regulate it? And that's the tricky question, but I mean, is China's regulation that's in favor of more educational and intellectual content is that necessarily a bad thing?
0: I don't I don't think so necessarily. And th- this is why to me that argument that it you know it's a it's a Chinese cultural operation on the minds of the American youth is a little bit ridiculous because I I'd say that Algorithmic capture is a practice that all social media platforms engage in. I mean. Right. But if China can
1: do it better, then they can innocently, they, they can be completely free of blame, mm-hmm. but still get the same result that right. they w- might want, like politically. Sure. So it, it it doesn't have to be something that they they, it doesn't have to be something that's like consciously nefarious. It could just be like hey you know what this this harmless this thing that seems pretty harmless is going to have the effect that we want uh and it's under the guise of like a very successful kind of tech platform right i i don't know i mean i i don't know what happens in the chinese government maybe like we're attributing way too much to them like maybe they're like it's just a they just had a company that was working on this and they're like, Yeah, this will be great in America. We'll make some money. Turns out, oh, it's also having the byproduct of completely destabilizing the minds of the youth or or whatever. Right. right? So I don't know. I, I don't think we'd ever know. I also don't think when it comes to China's influence on TikTok, I don't think they have any like direct influence. Mm hmm. Through any like official channels or even like, I I think they might have some soft power. Sure. In 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 what TikTok may promote, there was reports at one point that they were suppressing pro Taiwan yeah content. Right. Um, So it's not clear to me like how that might be done if they've got like someone on the inside in America, in, you know, in the American TikTok that's that's that will be doing this. Or if it's just the people working there, I don't know. It, 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 who knows? Like how? What could be happening? Um, what? Uh, there was something else I was going to say that just totally escaped my mind. So take over for a
0: second until it comes yeah. back to me. I I think that to me the allegations that China, I think you're correct in that this is a almost probably an unintentional soft power that China is able to exert globally because China happens to be the source of the um, the, the company that produced TikTok. And, and I, I just recalled what I was getting at, so okay. if I can just
1: interject. But there have been reports um, of, of Chinese CEOs, of big tech companies, even banks, um, going missing. Yes. And so... When we talk about soft power, that's kind of another thing. Like, hey, you know, if you don't comply with like the official narrative, yeah, you you might go missing too. Who knows? Maybe. Right. You know. So so there are kind of those elements as well that that might be present. Um, and maybe all it takes is like, you know, the current like the current CEO of TikTok in in, in America. Maybe all it takes is like. In the parking lot, some guy shows up and just has like a a brief like five second conversation with him, like "Yo, pro Taiwan," and then shows him like a photo of his family or something. I'm I'm just saying like anything could go down. Like it doesn't have to be like
0: I'm not saying that's what's happening, right? Like that's some that's like movie stuff, but it could happen. It could happen. It could happen. But I think that the allegations that are being leveled against TikTok right now are. Implying that this is happening and that without credible evidence, that well, the evidence they're citing is credible to a certain extent. In that, again, in the past, there were instances of programmers in China being able to access the data of American users. That I think that is proven. The and again, keystrokes,
1: t- uh, yeah, th- th- there was so there was a report that when you use the in app browser, yes, through TikTok. They were able to log the keystrokes
0: when you're accessing any any website. Which so it could be your bank. I don't think that is something unique to TikTok, right? I think this is something that social media companies in general do to maximize the algorithms maybe appeal to the user right i don't know about that particular feature i don't know if you've you've read that that is the case well for instance google captures keystrokes right even if you don't search something in google right if you type in like 12 pack of dildos into google but you don't you don't hit <laughs> please, enter.
1: please don't share your searches. right
0: but, but, but you don't you don't hit enter that's yeah. still logged and that that's still processed by google it does do a cross-app i mean uh, maybe I'm assuming yes, but I think there are other ways that, mm-hmm. uh, let's call them like American branded tech companies have surveilled, uh, us customers. I mean, do you remember the the controversy with Alexa, uh, when it turns out that Alexa, even when it's off eh, it's, it's actually reco- li- yeah. recording and listening yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a very valid conversation and a very valid point to be made that big tech is in fact. Overstepping the bounds of how they collect data and how they process data on its users, but I, I think that when it's accusing TikTok of doing this exclusively, that's where it's obscuring the truth. Uh, the truth a bit, I think, to to escalate a certain narrative because the company is coming from a geopolitical competitor.
1: Yeah, no, I I th- I think as with everything politically, and as with everything like deal- when it comes to humans. uh, You know, there is a tribalism. They are the outgroup, and they are our main
0: competitor politically, economically. I think that they are being willed into being our main uh, competitor. I think this is the strangest. You you think it's being forced? I think I mean, China obviously is a rising country with its Mm -hmm. its respective interests. You know, we've seen them building up artificial islands, island chains. We've seen them. Engaging in soft power diplomacy in Africa and in Southeast Asia. They're building railways, they're building infrastructure. There's no question that China has a vested interest in improving its status in the world. But I think in the past five years or so, we've really amplified the rhetoric that China is, in fact, not just our competitor, it is, in fact, our enemy. Yeah. I agree. It does seem like they're kind of growing, and we were like, yo,
1: what are you guys doing? And they're like kind of minding their own business. Ish, and we're like, yo, 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 you guys watching these people? Right. You know, hold on, hold on. Like, they're doing some sketchy shit. They're what, whatever. Currency and I, and I, manipulation. And I, and and like I think it.
0: this is going to be. I mean, we, after this collapse of the Soviet Union in the 1990s, just to get into a little bit of you know geopolitical flex. please, please, uh, the United States was an unchallenged global superpower. It was. It was in a unipolar. Uh, power arrangement. It had no other global competitors. And now we're shifting into a model where we're back to a multipolar arrangement. And in political theory, anytime a country moves from unipolar dominance to a challenge by a multipolar framework, there are always going to be tensions. Tensions. And mm-hmm. no country is ever going to willingly let go of its status as a single world power. And I think that the reaction to the popularity of TikTok is directly linked to that where yeah there's some very real problems we have that can be addressed but the the vitriolic nature by which like this reaction has emerged and the fact it's a bipartisan consensus to me really shows that this is has a lot more to do with the fact that we're freaking the fuck out about china as an emerging power on the world stage i agree do
1: you do you think what what's the end game with this do do you think because typically in the past it would be war like this amplification of rhetoric and propaganda would eventually yeah. lead to a justification of war. What is the end game now? Well, that's a scary
0: implication. I think it really depends on surely not war, right but why but, not war? I mean it really it, yes, okay, China is a nuclear armed power and and that would lead to nuclear war. We're also intrinsically economically attached to them. We are. And they to us. Right. But I think what it's going to be is just kind of indefinite escalation to continue justifying investments into the national security state. I think if I mean, look, if if you read the news and you fully buy into the narrative that China is spying on us and manipulating our culture through this app, you're going to be more inclined to support a 750 billion plus defense budget, for instance. And if you ignore that, we're doing the same to them. If you, right. <laughs> I mean, and this, is this is also like, you know, I, I like that you brought up the soft power aspect to it because it reminds me of like the language in the cold war when like rock and roll music was really kicking off and like the Soviets weren't really letting mm-hmm. like the Beatles uh, to be imported legally into the Soviet union at first, because it's like, Oh yeah, this is like the West trying to like influence us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's moronic, right? I mean, it's like young people are always going to engage in dumb shit. And now they're just doing TikTok dances. And I I think like saying that, Oh my God, this is like a Chinese influence. Okay, fine. They're making something that people like, why does it have to turn into um, this whole grand conspiracy? I think what it is showing is that, yeah, like something is clearly wrong in our country. If the number one response to the survey that young people answer was like, Oh, I want to be a TikTok influencer. Like, well, we need to explore what, what's missing that, that, that seems to be the only viable uh, career path for somebody. Right
1: yeah and, and just to circle back to your point about you know people harping on uh tiktok being like a chinese op and and how, how terrible it is I, I think you always have to you know I, i'm honestly fine if someone wants to criticize tiktok for being a bad influence and even wants to throw china into there but you have you have to put into the context of well these american social media platforms have been doing the same thing yeah and started the trend quite
0: frankly yeah For the past decade. That's true. Right. So like if you're going to do that, like put it in context. But this is where there is an interesting counter argument where China, in fact, has banned most American tech companies in in their country where Google doesn't have a presence. And there's essentially like a Chinese app alternative for Facebooks and and for. And their arguments would be identical to. The arguments are, in fact, identical. (laughs) And this is where it's kind of almost spooky to a certain extent. It's like, well, are we going to go down that path of this? You know, everybody always references like a ah, Chinese censorship. Okay, fine. So are we going to make changes to our free society? And this is where actually, I think we can kind of get back on track a little bit about the hearings where there is currently a bipartisan bill in the works. Um, it's abbreviated to, um, one second, let me pull up my notes. Uh, the restrict act, um, all capital letters, restrict act. Um, and it stands for restricting the emergency of security threats that risk information and communications technology act restrict bipartisan It's proposed by Democrats and Republicans. Oh, uh, but what's really interesting mm-hmm. is that this bill doesn't specifically reference bite dance or tick tock or anything like that. What it does is it kind of leaves it, Up to broad interpretation that would give the executive branch, specifically the Secretary of Commerce and the President of the United States, very broad powers to ban mobile or desktop-based applications um, or other pieces of technology that they would feel are produced from countries that are a threat to U.S. US national security interests. So this kind of ties in things like uh, Kaspersky antivirus software ties in things mm-hmm. like Huawei hardware for phones, for, for internet routers, things like that. And they're using uh, the arguments made during the TikTok hearings towards the end of March to justify a bill that would essentially give the executive branch powers to ban any technology that is seen as a threat to national security. I don't know about you, but to me, that, that, that implication is not great.
1: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned it being like the Patriot act 2.0. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and so it, it, the the question of course is always like, you know, what is the level of transparency that we're going to see? And the, and the answer is going to be not enough, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> right. So, so they are, you know, easily going to ban things that go under the radar. Right. And then maybe later we'll come to light and we'll be like, what
0: the fuck? Like, right. You and are- I, I think that, Maybe to clarify, I'm not saying by calling it Patriot Act 2.0, I'm not saying this bill is going to be used to like surveil people, which sure, is like, sure, sure. the Patriot sure, Act already sure. does. I think the reference to it was the fact that the Patriot Act was passed and it was never repealed. It was kind of an emergency set mm-hmm. of powers that were given to the executive branch and to, and to the uh, spy agencies that has just always kind of existed in perpetuity and perpetuity afterwards. So still in place. I mean, I don't know the last time I thought about it, but... It was the, the the act was passed after panic following
1: nine eleven. Yeah, but but, but that's, so that's the point, right? Though like, it doesn't get repealed, and then its use goes flies under the radar. Right. Right. And and I think again that yeah, I mean we agree like that 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 is the danger. Right. Um, but let's think about this like in terms of efficacy. I mean, is it doesn't specifically call out TikTok, um but it may it, it it's broad enough that it could lead to the banning sure. of tiktok yeah yeah is there a risk of a banning any american um any american companies that's an interesting point point. and their technology I mean, because if, the data that could be harvested from from those companies as well could pose a national security risk sure
0: yeah i mean in theory yes i mean would uh the president of the United States ever ban an American company. I don't know, but I mean, it does, it it does give the executive branch a lot of power that, I mean, should they have this kind of power, right? Should the president of the United States and the commerce secretary be able to sit down and draw up a list of companies that they feel are threatening. And also like, what is the definition of national security threat? I mean, okay, you can make the argument if China is collecting data on American citizens and if they have location data and, you know, fine, is that a national security threat? Knowing that more than likely every single country, you know, Korea produces smart smartphones, Samsung's, Mm -hmm. they're likely collecting a level of data too, right? Okay. Korea isn't like a geopolitical competitor, sure, but is a company collecting data, a foreign company collecting data on us persons? Is that a national security threat? And, And then why? Right. And I think that without much debate on this, and granted, you know, if we're electing congressmen and congresswomen into office, they're supposed to be our representatives. So in theory, they are representing our interests. But it seems like we're giving a lot of power to the president. Does he need that power?
1: Um, Man, that's, you know, if, if they know something we don't, if the CIA knows something that we don't, and there's maybe there is justification um but quite frankly i think you know we're almost missing the forest for the trees like <laughs> because whatever data that china can harvest and whatever surveillance they can have on us it doesn't compare to just the internal destruction that's arising from the general use of social media and even if you were to ban tiktok you bet your ass, there will be a TikTok replica, American-made. That might be even worse. Right? They might find a way to even better the algorithm or right. do something else. And and that force acting from within in in our country, um, I, I think that's a way bigger <laughs> danger, quite frankly, than anything China is going to do. Like we said, like they are intrinsically tied. You know, China and America are intrinsically tied together economically. Um, I think it's in both's best interest to remain uh, in that partnership. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the world's best interest, quite frankly. I think they have more to lose than gain by nullifying their relationship or tarnishing it or or whatever. But these threats from technology that are emerging that have mainly you know began in the us Mm -hmm. they're destroying other countries as well Mm -hmm. like this is this is a worldwide problem right Mm -hmm. social media use tech use in general and if all that happens is we just ban tiktok because we're scared of china collecting some of our data then our political system is just as fucked as we always thought
0: it was. <laughs> quite frankly. So, hang on. So, let, let, let me kind of uh, color the argument this way, and let me see if, if what you're saying, if I'm getting what you're saying. Let's say we ban TikTok. We ban whatever presence ByteDance has mm-hmm. in the United States that would not really change a thing. Like we would find, okay, we, we so. would remove foreign data collection, but your argument is that the problems are so much more rooted in the technology in general mm-hmm. that we wouldn't really address anything. Like like the core issues mm-hmm. would not be mitigated. If, if fine, we'd replace it with an American TikTok. uh, you know, it'd be patriotic, you know, mm-hmm. star spell on a banner, whatever. But really we wouldn't mm-hmm. like actually address like what's going on. Yeah. I I agree with that. I I think that's true.
1: Now, now the, now when, when it comes to the overreach of government and giving government this power to ban a company uh, and ban a tech platform where there is a lot of speech. And even though the speech is (laughs) harebrained, it's still free speech and you know, we have to respect it. But I'm 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 trying to think through this because my personal opinion is it's hard to define what social media is. It's hard to define media in general, in my opinion. And so, to give the government the power to like ban a social media platform is not an ideal precedent. <laughs> you know, it's not. I would prefer that we don't give them that power, but. I do think we should give the government some power to regulate social media companies in some way, because there's now that the cat's out of the bag, uh, we know that people are always going to want social media. And so like, even if you were to ban all social media now, there's going to be a huge hunger for it. And there's going to be like, you know, social media in the dark web and there's going to well, be I mean, all, all sorts of things are going to pop up anyway. And then, and then of course, like in practice, it's also just a difficult uh, feat to actually ban a bunch of stuff from the internet. Like they can't stop pirate Bay, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, and that's, that's
0: kind of the big point that's made is like, even if TikTok is banned by this new series of executive powers, nothing would really stop somebody from downloading like a VPN on their phone and then scrambling or actually like, going to the Chinese TikTok and using them. Sure. I mean, you could still find yeah. ways to access it. Yeah. And just like in China you can still access western tech companies, the only difference is they're not as popular as maybe mm-hmm. the native Chinese developed products. I think that the other uh and the analysis I've read on um the Restrict Act that that's being uh debated is the fact that it could also give the executive branch the power to ban certain VPNs, right? So That in itself is already now getting a little bit more alarming Mm -hmm. because the few things we have to actually anonymize our internet usage could then be labeled as potentially threatening. Do
1: you know what the exact reasoning
0: for that is? It's, again, it's not specifically mentioned. Are you saying like legally speaking or in general, why the government? In general. Well, I think to improve the the, the traceability of IP addresses. I think it's like, you would always want to know... Who is accessing certain web pages or Okay. And, and and the verbiage in this restrict act that would allow this? It, uh, it, I'm just, it, the the act has been criticized as by the electronic frontiers vague. foundation. It's the language is vague and broad mm. enough that you could fit VPNs under it. Mm. Okay, Now, okay. this is mm. where I think it gets really interesting. Because Who it would be very interested in a lack of VPN usage in the US. It'd be the tech companies because then they could collect better data on users. That's true. They could also prevent things like account sharing, right? What's like the big thing that uh, people might do with like Netflix, for instance, right? You want to access content and material that's only available in Europe or in the Middle East. You get your VPN, you switch your VPN to London and you can watch certain productions that are only available by contract in Europe getting rid of VPN clients would essentially Mm -hmm. let that from happening. I think my theory is that is that what we're seeing right now is less so of like a kind of a reflection of our geopolitical landscape, but we're seeing more the impact of tech lobbying in the U S coming into play that the, all of these things that are happening, like this, and there is, there is a record, for instance. Uh, the Washington Post had an article out last month. And it was talking about how um, how American tech companies, specifically is calling it Meta, um, owner of Facebook, owner of Instagram, large competitor to, to TikTok, uh, is calling out how Meta was paying lobbyists to work on Capitol Hill to push forward this message that tiktok is harmful to americans but also that tiktok is indeed a national security threat so they're paying lobbyists to work on capitol hill and we there's a uh, totally separate episode we can do on the the dangers (laughs) of lobby groups right yeah but what's also interesting is that there is a separate media campaign that meta-financed uh buying uh paid media on the fact that Again, TikTok is a Chinese influence op. TikTok is endangering American youth. All these things were narratives were pushed forward. I think we need to concede that a lot of these are probably genuine narratives with genuine concerns. Again, the data collection was happening. But there's also documented evidence that TikTok's largest competitor in the United States was buying out media trying to label TikTok as a Chinese influence op. And to me, this is really just starting to smell less so of a genuine concern for American national security interests and more of an attempt for American tech companies to increase their market share in the United States and limit the presence of a competitor that, to be honest, has like totally fucked up their their user base.
1: And I think people need to... They need to put these tech companies into perspective. These are the new like oil companies. Well, yeah. Right. These, These are like potentially you could say the the villains now in the story right it's, it's not it's not as well i mean the oil companies are still
0: villains i think the best but, example we can use yeah. for this is during the cold war in the 1950s um, united fruit dole you know the banana people they Leveraged their influence in U.S. government, specifically through the Dulles Brothers. Uh, One of them was Secretary of State. One of them was Director of the CIA in the 1950s. They used their influence, because the Dulles Brothers also had connections at United Fruit, to get rid of regimes in Central America Mm -hmm. that elected um, left-leaning governments that wanted to nationalize the Banana Groves because that would have kicked out United Fruit from places like Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, Guatemala elected a left-leaning president in the late 1950s or early 1950s, excuse me. And he was ousted in a coup backed by the United States. And it's documented that this was done at the behest of United Fruit to preserve their interests. I think what we're seeing, my opinion, is that we actually have a parallel to that emerging with tech companies now, where American tech companies, or maybe we'll call them Western tech companies, mm-hmm. Feel a level of threat coming from other markets, and they're exercising the power they have in the political basis in the United States because lobbying is perfectly legal to influence h- how we interact with these companies that are located in potentially competitive markets.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that is entirely plausible. Um, it, I mean, th- these companies are going to do whatever is in their self interest. They have insane amount of power and money, right? Right. So, it's only natural to expect they would be doing this. They would be in favor of a TikTok ban, right? Right. They, they would be pushing the narrative that it's a Chinese pol- political weapon, right? Right. Um, yeah, I, I think again, like you know, I, I think to show that there's these lobbyists that were you know funded by Facebook um th- th- that's pretty compelling evidence uh, i don't know if you need more evidence to 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 really like solidify this as a, as a for sure thing that's happening but uh it wouldn't surprise anyone um and and it's it really i mean we were talking about this the other day like it should be front page news. It should right? be. Everybody should be talking about this mm-hmm. um, because it, it is anti-capitalistic. <laughs> <frankly>. <laughs> Where are the conservatives on this? Where are you? Right. You hate China, but you're for capitalism. Now, what do you do? Now, now you have it's, to make a decision. Like you have to choose. <laughs> yeah.
0: You. Know, who be more um, Well, and, and and I think that. So why why isn't it front page news? Why it maybe this is back to the fact that we're all like our brains are warped by 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 things like TikTok, right? Where nobody really gives a shit. Well, how do we know Facebook
1: isn't suppressing this becoming front page news on Facebook and
0: Instagram? I mean, is Facebook how do we know? Is Facebook still relevant? <laughs> like, like, for older people, yeah. Yeah, for older yeah. people, but like feel like tiktok really fucked facebook up man like their whatever appeal they had to like but i think they already lost a lot of their
1: youth appeal yeah maybe so i don't know how much impact tiktok had on facebook because it was already dead when it came to that demographic (laughs) there was already a massive void you know in, in their audience but um like who knows yeah i mean like we talk about you know the algorithms that china may be dictating you know on tiktok What about the algorithms that, you know, Zuck has been uh, dictating and and the outcomes of those? So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I think it should be front page news. It's probably not for a combination of of, of reasons. Um, I think surely, you know, these big tech platforms... You know, they're they're very friendly with some journalists and out and certain media outlets. Right. Um, That's one thing. I think another thing is like you had mentioned China being like this enemy is is a better selling point. You know, fear drives. Fear, fear drives, you know, people to it drives clicks um, and views. So that's that's more compelling than, oh, lobbyists in America doing something you know shitty it was like okay well that's you know water is wet you know
0: so so do you think that tiktok should be banned from the united states Uh,
1: i think it should be i so i don't know all the specific again like i i'm not privy to all the the information that you know maybe the cia has but knowing if, what if you there, know if there's now, genuinely a national security concern, fucking ban it. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. I mean, national security takes precedence,
0: and so it, it, if they it, went public with information that, yes, yeah, then then you would be in favor of a ban. Yes. Do you think there's anything we should be doing to make ourselves less vulnerable to this kind of influence?
1: From a tech standpoint, I I don't know. I don't know enough about the technology and Mm -hmm. I don't know who does. (laughs) And I don't, and I wouldn't be able to verify anyone who does. So I I think we're in a tricky territory. I, I do think in general, we do need to regulate tech companies. We need to regulate social media platforms specifically. Um, and I know there's a slippery slippery slope slippery, slip yeah. slippery slope argument. Yeah. Uh, and you know this idea of giving the government power to regulate companies and the overreach that might happen. I get this argument, but I also think one you always run that risk with giving government any power, like. When we gave the government power to tax people, like think about like, that is the most egregious power Like you're taking your money, you know? So like that is a slippery slope. And to some extent, you know, the taxes keep rising and like, there is truth in that, 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 that could turn into a bigger and bigger problem. Now in a society, like you, you need a system of governance and they need to have some power to be effective. I think it is a necessary evil to give the government power, which by its nature can be abused. Yeah. I think if you're a rational person, you have to agree with that statement. Yes. Unless you're for anarchy, in which case I guess you're not a rational person. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: fucking shade on all the anarchists out there.
1: So, so I think like now that we have the context for this, like I think, yes, there is the risk of abuse by giving government this power. But I think we have to give them the power. Interesting. I, I I think we have to because the online, just like in the physical world, we have given the government power to do certain things. We have a police force, we have taxation, we have all these things that make society functional. Now we need so, we need some regulations to make online society functional. Yeah. And online society is akin to social. What what happens? in social media
0: I I agree with you I agree with you I think 99% I think that we do need to give government power but we're with this restrict act we're giving them the wrong kind of power I think rather than turning our eyes towards oh my god these tech companies that are impacting our national security I think we need to focus more on what can we do to better regulate the tech companies that are already out there that means regulate the shit out of TikTok but also regulate Meta regulate Amazon Regulate what can be done with consumer data. Yes, protect consumer data. And I think the Europeans have it pretty pretty, um, pretty well off in terms of how they protect consumer data and the amount of restrictions companies have on collecting data in Europe. I mean, those re- restrictions aren't even like thought about in the United States. I think that's really the first step, and I'm 100% with you. We should be equipping the government to be able to do that. and it's And, and the government should be doing that, just like we regulated... Massive oil companies in the early 20th century, just like we reg- regulated meat processing plants and put in restrictions on, you know, health and fire codes with how businesses run. The government should be doing this. But so far, the tech sector has been pretty damn immune from any sort of regulatory scrutiny. And, and, I,
1: and I think that's because the demographic of politicians doesn't lend itself well to regulating, to understanding technology. That's in, true. In I think least. one of
0: the funniest things about these hearings at TikTok that happened last month is that, like, you got a pretty good sense. Like, there was obviously some congressmen who were like, uh, yeah, okay, they, they had a general idea of what TikTok was. But then you heard some people talk and they don't know what the fuck it is. It's like, I mean. And what's worse is, you know, the staff that helps them do yeah. the research is just as incompetent. I'm like, dude, show <laughs> that old fuck some booty videos on TikTok. He'll know. Like, he'll know. Um, yeah, you don't have to do anything. You just let the algorithm work. Yeah, it's like, here you go, Mr. Senator. Like, watch this. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I, yeah, it, it's. We're regulating the wrong thing. We're barking up the wrong tree. What would good regulation look like? I, I think... L-
1: let's think about that for a second, right? Because it's easy to say the regulation that they've proposed sucks, which I agree with you. If it's as vague as you're saying, then it, it is problematic. So having more specific regulation is good because it it's just more narrow right. by definition. Yeah, um, And I think putting some sort of time frame on it so that it's always revisited and updated um, or expires or some, some some additional check to make sure like these regulations for one aren't piling up and then end up being um, counterproductive, like for other, you know, in terms of like new businesses starting up or something like right. you, 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 you want, you, you want to, you want this regulation in the tech space
0: because of how, Rapidly it evolves to be dynamic. And I mean, I also know? think that this the, the restrict act in particular it offers up an interesting like like I I was actually kind of shocked that the liberal base in Congress was supporting this. Because I imagine if Donald Trump had been equipped with this power, Libs would be like melting down right now, right? And the like the way that American democracy works, I think there's an assumption that has to be made that if you're going to pass like broad sweeping executive powers, you have to assume that the guy who's going to be in office after your guy is going to be a total shitbag and he's going to use that to fuck you over. So I'm like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. We, we give these powers yeah. to, the, to the Joe Biden administration. They ban TikTok, whatever. But like, what if fucking Donald Trump gets reelected in 24? Are you going to be happy that Trump's going to be able to like. He bans all liberal yeah, tech platforms. Yeah, exactly. He's right. like, oh, yeah, like Instagram's talking shit dead. You know, like like oh, oh, Twitter, like what what dead? Like, do
1: you want that? Like, and then like if it gets challenged, you know, maybe it goes to the Supreme Court. But they're fucking
0: stupid too. They don't know what they're. Wait, like, Meg, what? could you imagine like if Trump became president again and he just like decimated the tech market and made Truth Social like the only like
1: well the. Yeah, the worst part about that wouldn't it be that it would be that his supporters would still find a way to justify his. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: A- I mean, it's just like, um, I mean, fuck man, like libs and conservatives are, it's like the same fucking two sides of the same coin. Like libs will justify any action on, on behalf of their, like the democratic party and conservatives will eat Donald Trump's ass. Like, like, yeah, regardless the, of what he's doing, the tribalism again, uh, Mr. Tribalism. Yeah. Let's not bring up evolutionary psychology. No, well, we oh, we already I just old. did. Oh well, we yeah, already, we, we did. We did, did, we did it. Of course we did. Yeah. It's, it's inescapable. Yeah, what is it? Evolutionary psychology and the Iraq war. Like yes, we just of course. bring everything back to that.
1: But, uh, since we've got a brief moment here, we're going to turn to the audience again, <laughs> do the Zoolander, do the Zoolander Mouth thing, man.
0: That should be our Halloween costume for next year. I'll be the Owen Wilson character. You can be the Ben Stiller character. On okay. You, whoa, dull. perfect. The hair.
1: Yeah. I'll have to get more hair, but yeah. Hey, I'll wear a wig too. <laughs> um, but yes, please subscribe. Hit the like button. Leave a dumb comment. Dumb comments only.
0: By the way. Dumb comments. No only. intelligent comments. I, I feel like the majority. Oh, and of course, uh follow us on Twitter. Radius underscore of. Uh, we would love to engage with you on Twitter as well. Um, I'm glad you remembered our Twitter again. Yeah. <laughs> we still have five <laughs> followers on there. Um, but yes, uh, we'd love to interact with you. Leave us some comments. Let's have a conversation about this. We'd love to hear your thoughts on should TikTok be banned. Absolutely. Okay. Um,
1: let's see. A 21st century trade war. I think we kind of talked about We did talk about it. We did apologies to our audience we're just going through our slides here that we've completely skipped (laughs) I
0: I think that to close it out I think I'd like to hear your thoughts and we've done varying forms of episodes on social media but you have had very very strong things to say over what social media is doing to this country we talked about it a little bit at the start of the show but It sounds like based off our conversation, the problem, it's not a TikTok problem we're discussing Mm -hmm. specifically. It always comes back to an overarching series of problems we have based off of how we've been consuming technology. Maybe to close things out, final thoughts, where are we headed with everything? What do you think is going to be the consequence of unrestricted social media usage in this country? Social media without any sort of boundaries put in place on it.
1: Man, it, so it's actually difficult to predict because, again, of the pace at which things are evolving. I mean, we're seeing with AI, the rise of AI now, that's that's going to completely overshadow the problems so, uh, with social media. Yeah. We're not even going to begin to address the problems with social <laughs> media because we're going to have another problem. It, it, you know, if you tried now, it'd be like whack-a-mole,
0: Yeah, you know? Now, do you think if we let's say if we start regulating social media, do you think that would give us a foundation to be able to effectively regulate AI in in, in the future as well? Like if we have an approach to dealing with technology, is that going to set us up for a better future? I
1: I think for me, it's more important that we have competent people in the positions of power to orchestrate these things, Mm -hmm. as opposed to like we've got a piece of legislation that for this moment in time seems somewhat reasonable Mm -hmm. because it's not enough. The, 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 the structure, this entire like approach is not like the, the current approach and the current limitations of government are inadequate, right? These are only bandaid solutions that are obsolete, you Mm -hmm. know, as technology progresses exponentially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I, I don't know, this is, this is like the bazillion dollar question. Like, I don't know, how we need to restructure government or if we need to create like a, a a new department in government, like department of technology, Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. right? We
1: we need to have, we need to have a, a group of elected officials and we need to have them have authority to act in a way that is, you know, proportional to the pace of technological change. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, you're already lost, mm-hmm. right? How we get competent people in those positions, you know, maybe it's just something like, again, the whatever administration is in charge appoints these people.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think you are onto something very, very important here. I think that the parallel I'm thinking about, even though I'm not a huge fan of this agency, but the establishment of the department of Homeland security after nine 11, what we need. And, and I think, in many ways, we're facing, maybe not right now, but in the near term, we are facing existential struggles mm-hmm. on the level of global terrorism. I mean, that, that's a politicized thing in itself. But I, I think you're 100% right. We need to establish a, a federal department of technology regulation Call it you know, they'll call up some sexy acronym for it. Mm-hmm. Where just like the Department of Energy, you have somebody appointed from the executive branch to run this. And and it, it isn't a question of... They try to do this shit with like a um, like a Ministry of Truth type of thing at the start of the Biden administration. And it was going to regulate like <laughs> fake... News. No, it needs yeah. to be something that... Uh, uh, drives forward federal policy on the establishment of ethics and how we're integrating technology into our lives. And it, it can establish... A level of review over things mm-hmm. like ai integration because right now all of this is being pumped forward i, I agree with you 100 percent that yeah tiktok's a problem and like what the algorithms are doing to us are definitely like pretty scary but like that's not even close to what the fuck it's gonna is gonna happen when we have um ai kind of enabling some of these models absolutely so, yeah, we need a, a governing body that you you staff with people that study, evaluate, review, and are pros at these sorts of questions, right? There's a reason we have a Department of Agriculture. There are people at the Department of Agriculture that dedicate their careers to evaluating crop rotation, evaluating best practices in harvesting and things like that, right? We don't have time to do that as regular yeah. citizens. Mm-hmm. But if we have an agency that specifically looks at these things, we're gonna be able to at least maybe start like effective conversations on a political level of what to do with, let alone TikTok, but with AI.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's why we're being taxed. We, like we, that's what you're supposed to do, government. That's what are you are, do. You, are you are you watching government? Like yeah, go this is government. your function. Go get some shit done. Yeah. And uh, yeah, speaking of AI, that will be uh, probably our next episode um, revisiting the. Yeah, we're stuck in that AI. We've, we've got a lot to talk about on the AI front, I but until then, I hope uh, you've all enjoyed this episode and we will be, oh, by the way, our names, uh, this is Andre, I'm Levon. Levon. He forgot to introduce himself, yes. so, but yeah, we'll be back again soon. Uh, this was Radius of Reason. Hit the subscribe button, like, comment, enjoy your night. Take care, everyone. YOLO. YOLO.